This is exactly right. All right, Scotty, you ready? Kurt, I'm ready to laugh and have a nice time. Everybody be quiet, please. These weird fish are trying to bone. (laughs) Oh, that's like a teaser. You just teased us into this very special episode of Bananas. Ladies and gentlemen and non-binary folks everywhere, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoller. I'm Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. I'm so happy. We haven't recorded for a little while because you were in Bulgaria. We'll talk about that later. But you still have a great-looking mustache, Kurt. Thank you. Yeah, the mustache is, is big because the other hair hasn't come in to make it not a mustache yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, let's bring on our very special guest, yeah. We have a fantastic guest. Before we bring her on, I do have one big announcement. Uh, comedy special taping, August 29th in Denver, wow. Colorado, at the Gothic Theater, guys. Tickets just went on sale. Holy uh, smokes. They are a low, low price of $10 because we just want to get some people in those seats. You will be on television if you can come on out to Denver, Colorado on August 29th to watch my new comedy special taping. Scotty will be there. Already booked my hotel. I'm not going to tell you which one, but it rhymes with Bolliday Bin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, and you guys can go. Uh, the link is on the Instagram, on mine, and on the Banana yes. Podcast Instagram. Go get tickets now. Uh, all right, but let's get into our fantastic guest. She yes. is one of the most inventive and deeply yes. hilarious comedians working today. She has her very own show on Netflix, Lady Dynamite. You should check Whoa. it out. She Whoa. also does voices on every animated show you've ever loved, including Bojack <laughs> Horseman, Adventure Time, and literally dozens of other shows. <laughs> Last year, she had a new special drop called Weakness is the Brand. Please welcome mm-hmm. the wonderful Maria Bamford. Wow, that Whoa. is an insanely good uh, um, intro. That was just, uh, I, it is hard to do an intro, and you did that list like it tripped off the tongue. <laughs> it is mm-hmm. just easy mm-hmm. because I, veer, I, I enjoy you this much. I'm well, so happy you're here. Thank you so much. I can't wait to hear the weird things that have happened. Oh, there's so oh. many weird things that have happened, and I'm excited oh, yeah. to tell them about you. And do you know, Maria, I am, I am, I am, I am sitting underneath a, I guess it's a certificate certificate you gave me that I Ooh. made it in show business. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, that was one thing I was like, hey, if I ever make a TV show, I'm going to give everybody something. So that it's like, because it, nobody tells you when it's, when you're, you made it. It's like, oh, you made it. You know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, let's just stop, stop the nonsense, and uh, just this is where it happened. Um, I mean, oh. if if you're looking for a time, uh, you then now have a piece of paper that says it. Because uh, I, I have, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah. So, so I'm, oh, I'm so glad that you have it. I have mine as well, and oh. it, it makes me feel. It is uh, hard to like, tell. 
It's oh, a yeah. it's a treadmill. It's a treadmill where like Ex- uh, to a lot of people, it's like that's the most famous person I've ever been in a room with. And then to that person, they're like, I am a failure who fails every day, and nobody <laughs> in Hollywood knows who I am. It's a it's weird so treadmill, and so that's the sweetest gift. I've ne- I didn't know you had that, Kurt. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was a wrap present from at the end of uh, Lady Dynamite season two, which season uh, two. I I am on. I play uh, Maria's father in flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. So wonderful. I think I play myself in the flashbacks. Yes, Yes, you too. Oh, boy. Uh, Such a funny, funny show. Uh, Do you want to hear about these fish? Tell us about those fish. All right. This uh, was sent in, of course, by Copy Haste. Uh, and for everybody, we're, uh, Copy Haste sends so many stories. He's working hard. He's sending nine stories a day. He gets them in. Uh, oh, yeah. This was uh, published first in Vice, uh, written by Becky Ferreira. Ooh, she's good. Becky's good at typing. She reports the truth every time. She is the best in the biz, and I do believe I like Becky's stories because I do remember, you know, mishandling mm-hmm. her name in the mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's probably Ferreira. Anyway, this is uh, a Lusitanian toadfish, a shallow water fish that lives along the Atlantic and Mediterranean coasts, does not okay. have the most conventionally romantic name or features, at least from a human perspective. And that mm-hmm. is true. This is incredibly ugly fish it's an ugly fish it looks like a cross between a frog a tadpole and a fish and it sit and it just sits in mud and opens its mouth okay Uh, but with the onset of spring males of this species become crooning suitors as they erupt into serenades that entice females to mate with them and warn other males to stay out of their turf uh, these amorous songs known as boat whistles, <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> emanate from the male's swim bladders and sound like vibrating cell phones. And now new mm. research has set, shown that noise pollution from humans in the form of vessel traffic or cacophonous undersea activities poses new challenges to the reproductive success. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. So these strange fish are trying to get it on, and we are just driving boats Wherever they are. There's a lot more to the article, but that is pretty much all the information. But that's terrible. And then I I think, I mean, I, I didn't do a lot of night clubbing when I was a young person. Thank goodness. But that was my problem with it is that I couldn't hear the fine words that were being said to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, about my flat ass. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I was mm-hmm. flat. Mm-hmm. And uh, my overly covered body, uh, no matter what age I was. Um, uh, yeah. But, oh, so, oh, goodness. So, so what are they going to do? Are they going to try to create a sanctuary, like a, a little a little spa area for these Lusitanian fish? I mean, first off, that is a great idea. We should just, you know, put them in a little, put them in a little spa where they could, you know, bone to their heart's content. But there is nothing done uh, that might have something to do with this is in Louis. Lu- I mean, where is what does Lusitanian mean? I don't even understand Lusitanian. Is there? Is I thought there that was just a boat that sank. I didn't know that Lusitanian was a. Th- I thought the Lusitania was a boat that sank. But uh, maybe I'm wrong about that too. You just can't tell anymore. You yeah. just don't know up from down these days. 
No, I not at all. And also, so yeah, no, they have no idea. They're just going to, I think it was just a research paper that said they're having a tough time. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, no, it is a little sad. Can can we make up our what we think this sound sounds like and oh, then so play a little bit of it just to see if our, we're right? Yes, we can. We could uh, find it. Well, I, it had a cell phone-like sound. Is that what it said, Kurt? Something... It sounded like a cell phone. It's their swim bladders <laughs> vibrating. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I've never heard a more sexual noise in my life. <laughs> I'm yeah. so turned on, I might have to leave the podcast for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Sorry. I'm going to. Here, here, here's my here's my trying. Uh, <laughs> very nice. That could have been very a nice. fish or a bird or a mammal. That could be. It was feline. It was nice. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll dive in in three. Two. <laughs> I just used my actual sound, so I, I, I just feel like we're all connected. It's all a web. We're in a spider web. <laughs> uh, this uh, this reminds me and possibly mm-hmm. Scotty as well. We uh, Maria, we Scotty and I uh, a couple years ago did this thing called Roustabout where I jet-skied from uh, Chicago to New Orleans uh, for charity. <laughs> yes, uh, we did. And, and Scotty was along for the ride the whole time, yep. and which we've talked a little bit about on the podcast, but yeah, we haven't we've, talked we've about talked this about specific it. thing. Is that... Um, are, are you, were you ever in Chicago? Oh, I've been to Chicago. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you didn't come up in Chicago. You came up here in Los no. Angeles. Deep dish pizza. <laughs> Uh, wind, windy, very windy, uh, terrible racism, lots of racism, <laughs> systemic racism. Yep. So we were we were coming out of Chicago, and apparently, uh, there you know we're coming down the Chicago River into the Illinois River, which then connects up to the Mississippi. And in the Mississippi, there is an invasive species called Asian carp, and Not good. they we and don't they, like them. Yeah, and no one likes them because they eat everything and kind of destroy the, the natural ecology of the area because they have no natural predators. But one thing they do do mm. is that when they hear a boat, they get scared and they jump out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> and they do. Yeah. And we saw it. And people get we seriously injured. Boaters, they'll jump when the boat's going at full speed, and they'll, they weigh like 20 pounds. So yeah. it's just getting hit by a wet bat right to the face and get clotheslined. Kurt like didn't 20 get miles hit, an hour. No, but we did, see, we did get a bunch of them. But they're terrified about mm-hmm. these Asian carp getting into Lake Michigan. Because once they get into Lake Michigan, it's like game over right. for all the species in Lake Michigan. So the, what they have done. The smartest is, thing. It's the smartest thing. It's amazing. I don't know if there's another way to do it. Is that for a mile of the Illinois River, as in between Chicago and the Mississippi River, they've just electrified the river. Yes. (laughs) They just, like, laid copper wire, and then they've run electricity through it so that it, like, discourages the carp from going through that area. Yes. 
And we yeah. jet skied right through it, right through that, and used condoms and tampon applicators, which the Illinois River is 90% those two things, then, then dead Asian carp and electricity. It's a, it's a tourist paradise. Yeah. <laughs> And in oh fact, my god! It, it, it was really—it's really insane. It's like a very industrial waterway, and we—it ha- was the first day of our journey, and we ran out of gas right at this point. So we were out yes. of gas, floating over <laughs> electrified water, with me on a jet ski, and then having to be like past like gallon things of gas to like dump into the jet ski to continue going. It was fucking insane. Um, oh. Did you guys? I just want. Was there any cash on the back end of this deal? Like, were you guys doing this out of the goodness of your hearts for? We Did we make any money, Kurt? No, like a thousand no. bucks or something? I don't even yeah, remember th- making that. Maybe I don't. Yeah, I think. Yeah, not much. Like, not much. I think for two. It essentially took like two years to pull off, including the editing <laughs> process and everything. And I think I made five grand. Yeah, uh, oh, for two go. years. <laughs> there we go. Beautiful, and I I love a complicated business plan. Um, yes. Who doesn't? Like it's a snake eating its tail. See the slides. Um, it, that's great. Um, well, that that sounds like a wonderful adventure and very brave. Very brave. Uh, it was. I, you know, I don't think it required bravery as much as it required leg strength. Um, that yeah. was the main thing, and not getting. Uh, rashes, a uh, high, uh, high tolerance for crotch rashes was the main thing it required. Yeah, that was the big um, takeaway of the whole experience. Um, <laughs> but very fun. But very fun. Very fun. I have one for you. Would you like to hear another Give banana story? Yes. And Maria, you're you're pretty good at accents. You can pull off an accent if you need to in life, or only two. <laughs> only two but you're good at impersonating people i remember seeing uh, you early on only and about six different types that's uh, good not really, yeah it's, it's it's all it's i am not i'm not the uh, man of a thousand voices uh whoever good. that man it went sometimes voice. those people can be a little annoying honestly sometimes if you can do too many voices it's like but who's the real you who's really back there um, <laughs> this one was sent in by Christopher.Thorpe.7 on Instagram. Thank you, Christopher. Written for The Guardian by Maya Young, the very, very best in the business when it comes to reporting crap like this. Having a go. U.S. parents say Peppa Pig is giving their American children British accents. So, I mean, I love this. Show is the second most in-demand cartoon in the U.S. households for a 12-month run that ended last February. According to, Kurt, you guessed it, Parrot Analytics. <laughs> I love, I trust Parrot or, Analytics for all my analysis. With my life. With my life. Parents across the USA children are acquiring British accents thanks to Peppa Pig. Linguistic, linguistics experts have cast doubts on such claims, but parents insist that the Peppa effect, quote, Peppa effect, has given American children saying mummy instead of mommy and using phrases such as give it a go and pronouncing tomato, tomato. Um, The show was so popular with kids in pre-K, and they experienced such record-breaking demand that the United States imposed restrictions on it last year, which I just don't understand at all. Well, that's fascinating. Um, So... Parrot Analytics, 
this very real company that I'm not making up on the fly is a consulting firm that apparently uh, is not named for Polly Parrot, which is an owned a pet owned by Granny Pig on Peppa Pig. Again, Maya digs deeper than your average journalist to make sure that everyone is thoroughly confused. Um, after a 12-month run in February, Peppa Pig was second most in demand after SpongeBob SquarePants. We've heard of that. Um, and so there's something called the Peppa effect, uh, in which go- uh, toddlers typically develop the accent of the community around them by interactions, but not always by watching. But uh, Susan, Dr. Susanna Levy, an associate professor of communicative sciences at New York University, said children might learn unfamiliar words from the show, including tomato and I guess zebra pronounced zebra. I did. I didn't zebra. Know that. Yeah, zebra. Um, but there was a very big TikTok video that went viral in August because a young girl was saying how clever and oh dear all the time. <laughs> um, they're calling gas petrol, and for Christmas they want mince pie, and they call him Father Christmas instead of Santa. <laughs> so basically these kids are just speaking like little Brits, and I can't think of anything more adorable than that. <laughs> that's the problem. Uh, yeah. That's, uh yeah I, I can't think of anybody i mean it seems like yeah like the the british accent only at least for me i always think someone's significantly smarter than i am uh yes. when i first hear any sort of accent i think except a southern american accent i always i never express expect to say anything like uh you know my wife and i we we decided to go vegan after we but Jesus Christ. Um, you know, like like I don't it certain the British I I, I think capable of anything. I had a uh, I had a boyfriend in Australia. What, Maria? Wow, wow. big swings. Um, <laughs> Wait, did you meet him did you meet him in the Melbourne Comedy I, Festival? Of course I did. Uh, Uh-oh. Yeah. It was so wonderful and fantastical. We did it for a year. I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to move there because this is where life is really good. Uh, Turns out the festival is when it's really good. (laughs) uh, uh, Australia itself is kind of bummed if you want to emigrate. They're like, we don't need you. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But his mom... Didn't let him uh, watch uh, TV that much as a kid because mm-hmm. uh, was worried he would watch too much American accent pr- and programming. Oh, interesting! Because, oh. because it was too much of it in in, in uh, Australia. So mm-hmm. um, uh, our accent is not seen as attractive. I can see uh, why. Yeah, yes, I've asked my British friends about attractive. it. No, I've yeah. asked British friends about it because we've had those conversations where you say, yeah, everything you say sounds enlightened and smarter or charming. And then I've said, well, what do you think about Americans? And they said, you just sound like dumbly confident all the time. You just speak with uh, everything you say is just like how George W. Bush used to speak, where it's just like declarations over and over. <laughs> never questions, never backing down. 
Oh, that's like one of my favorite scenes. And uh, do, you, do you guys watch the show Catastrophe on Amazon? Sure. It was Rob, oh, yeah. yeah, Sharon Horgan and Rob Delaney. And there, and there was a moment where uh, it's like in the pilot, and he's going, he's like, no, I never had a father, and this kid's going to have a father. And then Sharon Horgan just takes a beat that she's just like, oh, you don't have to be so American about it. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me laugh so hard. Uh, yeah, I think our accents just make us sound dumber than maybe we are, or it makes us sound exactly how dumb we are, which might be yeah. actually the truth. That's fire. Yeah, the, yeah. Maybe there's that salesmanship, or like uh, where we're it, it. Somebody might be lying at any given moment. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the accent uh, version of this mustache. I feel like yes, car salesman, <laughs> yeah. gung ho bootstraps all that crap yeah i think we i think that's exactly what we sound like i um i picked this one sent in by many bananimals but the reason i picked this i don't think we talked about this kurt so maria i wrote a movie a couple years ago called ma with octavia spencer as a horror movie it was a scary movie for blumhouse and a lot of people die um <laughs> and when it came out i don't read reviews or comments or anything i'm very diligent about just never looking at anything ever oh, that's good but nice work yeah never I mean, it's why I can go to sleep at night. And so, but I did, somebody did send me an article and I read it and I'm just going to read it to you, Kurt. Okay. Uh, And Maria also, because we're all in this podcast together. Um, Children were left in tears after movie theater accidentally showed trailer for horror movie before Peppa Pig screening. So Chris Edwards wrote this for Insider.com, and here it goes. It's really short. Just imagine it. You take your child to the cinema for a bit of family-friendly fun, hoping to forge some happy memories that'll last a lifetime, and then several dead bodies pop up on screen, and everybody (laughs) screams and starts crying. That's what happened at the Empire Cinema in Ipswich recently when a screening of Peppa Pig Festival of Fun was preceded by the trailer for the horror... was preceded for a trailer for a horror movie. According to the BBC, children were left in tears after catching a glimpse of the psychological horror Ma, which featured dead bodies (laughs) and people getting hit by cars, which is true. In the trailer, uh, Missy Pyle gets hit by a truck at full speed. So apparently, I just ruined it. And then they, so they uh. showed the movie. All these moms and dads are yelling at the manager. This guy's like, it was just an honest mistake. We're so sorry. But then they said, normally during Peppa Pig movies, kids get up and dance in their chairs and they're singing along and clapping. But for two hours, everybody just sat perfectly still after that trailer just ruined all joy. Uh. So my apologies. <laughs> but also, it was the best review I needed of the movie, Mom. <laughs> well, God, yeah, how happy. effective it is! It's a, uh, it's very powerful. I remember seeing Fantasia when I was about four, yes. and man, that was—I got really freaked out by that. Yeah, it was like a, a double of uh, Fantasia and Dumbo, and ah, uh, oh, both of them, Ooh, both, both yes. of them. And Dumbo's t- like the first five minutes is awful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bambi, the same thing. It's like there's like a whole Disney uh, Pixar thing of like the dark. first 10 minutes just being super dark and sad. And then it's like, and now it's a kid's show. <laughs> Kurt, I want to ask you, did, did you st- end up being with that person who's from Australia or did it not work out? I was there. I was uh, with her for two years. Um Ooh. Two years, and it was definitely, it was a year too long. If it had been one year, I think it would have been really great, and I think the second year was terrible. But I did get to do some cool things. Like, we, we went, we, we taught 
uh, for two weeks at the University of Tasmania, which was pretty exciting. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I think going to Tasmania was like my favorite part mm. of, uh, you know, visiting Australia when, when she lived there. I, I lived in Adelaide for oh. nine months. Oh, uh, wow. Was kind of, just often I'd go back and forth. and um, mm-hmm. It's a quiet little town at, when the festival's not there. It's like Cincinnati by the sea or something. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, yeah, and very, I don't know, there's something about it that's so sad. Like, this beautiful ocean everywhere, but you can't go in it because of the sharks. And anyways, oh, yeah. it was just a weird, it was an odd place. I I have no story. I'm so sorry. That's oh, no, okay. no, no, but also no, that's nine a story. months. Nine months, like, that is... What is interesting about when you are there is it very much feels like, and it makes sense, but I was surprised at it, that you are no, like you are no longer involved with whatever happens in America. Like it's a 12-hour time difference. No one can get a hold of you. It's only emails that are always mistimed and fucked up, and you're just like, it's like you just disappeared out of American Weird. society. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I... I had that, I mean, I'm sure in no severe way, but just that feeling of like, in in thinking of emigrating there, like just the feeling of like, oh, I mean, we liked you visiting, but (laughs) (laughs) there's only so much water for Mm. a amount of, you know, like, which that that was interesting because I hadn't... uh, uh, you thought you were going to slide right in. They thought they were going to roll out yes. the red carpet, and here we come. Yeah. The festival was so fun, and then it's like, oh, no, this is a a country <laughs> <laughs> where, I'm, where I might be a burden. <laughs> um, yeah, there is a, I, I do find it beautiful, and we do want to go tour there soon, guys, but... We're getting close. I get a lot of calls, Kurt. We get a lot of calls on Banana Phone from Australia. They're having super heavy lockdowns, but I I think we're close. I think we should should open for the dollop. That's what we should do. That's that's how we get over That would be amazing. Um, All right. I'll tease you, and let's go to break. All right? Tease you with a story. Here it is. Quote, cocky and aggressive, radioactive pigs set up camp in Fukushima <laughs> nuclear exclusion zone. <laughs> oh, man. We're there going we animals go. bananas today. I'm going to have to find some animal stories. Bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, our non-binary folks, welcome back to mm-hmm. Banana. Scott, you got any? Oh, that's what we want to do, is we want to say uh, we got shirts, Best in the Biz shirts, on sale now. Our merch rocks. Go ahead, go to Podswag slash Bananas. We have all new merch. We soon, we have long sleeve, short sleeve. It says Best in the Biz. Our buddy Fal Peralta designed us some new stuff, and we have some... Uh, color temperature changing shirts. Maria, do you remember hypercolor shirts? The shirts that you could touch and they would change colors? No. Well, we yeah. got them. We got them for merch. <laughs> so show the world your flop sweat before it appears. <laughs> Just you put a handprint on your chest. You got your handprint on your chest. Uh, yeah, go check out our new merch. That'd be lovely. 
Uh, yeah, I did. So the banana phone, I think, by the time this come out, will be no more, Kurt. I think the banana phone, maybe we'll have three more days. Uh, Maria, we had a phone for 11 months, and uh, Mint Mobile gave us a free phone, and I would talk to anybody that called it for a minute and then hang up on them, and I've received 3,600 different callers in 11 months. <laughs> That's so crazy. I yesterday, had it for a little while, I had it just 50 alone. Me. Yeah. Yes. 50 alone yesterday. 40, yeah, 50 alone yesterday, uh, but everybody's been very sweet, and last year it was very sad. And this year, it's very optimistic because everybody's getting new jobs and graduating and getting married and having babies and uh, surviving. So, uh, but I have a couple things that we had called in before it ended. Uh, Paul hit me. He called, he DM'd, and he texted. Uh, happy birthday to his girlfriend, Kara Sampson, and happy two-year anniversary in the same two-week period. They listen to us on road trips, Curdy B, and they die laughing every minute. So happy birthday to Kara. <laughs> um, and then this one's uh, a sad thing that turned into a great thing. So this came in from Lane uh, from Louisville, Kentucky. She wanted to shout out her dad, Clay, who's doing a cross-country bike ride from San Francisco to Charleston, South Carolina. Nice. In honor of Lane's brother, who passed away from an overdose, a oh. uh, heroin overdose, two years ago. But uh, the dad is basically raising awareness uh, for his son's life. And so the ride is on injoelsteps.com. Injoelsteps, not Joel's. So I-N-J-O-E-L-S-T-E-P-S, steps.com. And also shout out to Lane's mom who's driving the RV following Clay as he rides his bike from San Francisco to Charleston. The website's incredible. Beautiful. And uh, so if you want to read about the journey, go to In Joel's Steps. And then finally, Curdy B. Uh, door to shore. Maria, I had a dream that I walked to the ocean from Echo Park. And so we started a charity fundraiser for the Coalition to Abolish Slavery and Trafficking. It's a human trafficking. They've helped thousands of survivors uh, with counseling and mentorship. So I'm walking out my front door to the ocean shore. Kurt's going to join me. It's 15.3 miles. And we've already raised $9,010, Kurt. So we're go, doing go. great. Send more money. Get, it's a good cause. Get Scotty yep. in the ocean. So, yeah, 15.3 miles on September 1st. High five me if I'm walking by, but it's just going to be Kurt and I, and we're going to say hey to people, but let's not far scump it, guys. I can't entertain you for 15 miles. So let's say hi, <laughs> high five me, and then scoot your boot. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I love wa- I love a long walk. What is your what yep. what do you do what do you do Maria when you're in a in a city that you don't know and you kind of want to like get to know it a little bit? Well, that's I wish I had this is what I would want to do. Okay. I would love to take a long walk. Now Great. and uh go to the museum that I know is somehow nearby. <laughs> yes. Uh, what I have done, for example, here today mm-hmm. in Spokane, Washington, mm-hmm. woke up about right 10 I found where the local closest coffee shop was that, that looked counts? like it served cold blue, cold brew. No, it's called Campfire Coffee. Very nice establishment. Ooh. And uh, then um, ate a burrito, came back and fell asleep. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> perfect day. That sounds yeah, like a perfect day. I felt day. like I wanted something about Tacoma. Um, it reminded me a lot of uh, the downtown here reminds me a little bit of my hometown, Duluth, Minnesota, where it's like they're always kind of trying to put something new downtown. Like we're going to 
we're, we're going to make a th- thing here. We're going to come downtown. And, um, and I love it. And I'm downtown. So, yes, it's happening. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, am, mm. I seem to be the only person downtown right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've stayed at the happen. hotel that they put you up for the Tacoma Comedy Club. It's not bad. It's right. It's a while you walk around and stuff like that. Are you on tour right now? Are there dates oh. that you'll be places? Now, my husband said, hey, why don't you go on a long tour where you do 28 days, cities in a row? And I said, Scott, my husband's in the stuff. Have you Great ever night. done that? <laughs> and, um, it is miserable. <laughs> What I do, my tour, is I do three shows, and I go back for three days. And then I go to another place, two more shows, in completely different areas of the country that make no sense. For example, I think next weekend, this time I'm in in Tacoma, next week, I'm in Albany. Sister cities. Sister cities, (laughs) Albany and Tacoma. Wake up in one, wake up in the other. You don't know where you are. They're so alike. (laughs) That's the way to do it, though. That's like Bob Seger. Bob Seger would tour. He would do a concert and fly home every night, like in his older age, because he was just like, you know what? I'm not going to just sleep in some crap-ass hotel. I have a private jet. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, yeah. And I I don't know. I... I, I I think I I know it would be more of a I guess a cash cow, but it's so tiring to be on a you know a van or mm-hmm. and I guess you can mm-hmm. get a bus uh, for weeks at a time. Uh, I'm I don't know. I just uh, it doesn't sound doesn't sound appealing. But I could be. I'm willing to be wrong. Um, <laughs> I don't Have you guys done that? Have you done tours, long tours? Um, I have done. Yeah, and I th- the loneliness just sets in. With doing stand-up, because it was just like me traveling by myself, you know? It's just town to town to town. And then you have like a day off, and you're like, what do I do with this day off, you know? And then you tend to just be lonely somewhere else, you know? I remember... It was a long tour through the South, and I had a day off in Tennessee. And I was like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it great. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it really count. And I went, (laughs) and I found uh, Loretta Lynn. Loretta Lynn has her old compound. Now you can go, like, uh, rent a cabin on Loretta Lynn's land. And so I was like, I'm going to rent a cabin on Loretta Lynn's land, and I'm going to go tubing. Uh, And I was like, this is going to be a great day. (laughs) And I couldn't find any place to rent a tube. The only thing I could find was a place to rent a canoe. And so then I rented a canoe. And then I realized that canoeing by yourself (laughs) is horrible. Yes, It's just like you like paddling up to a place where a family is like enjoying themselves. And then you Mm -hmm. like kind of like predator paddle up like just one lone man in a canoe. Like, hello, family. Can I get wet with you? (laughs) You And and nobody wants to see you. So you end up just like paddling very quickly to get out of the water and then go back to your cabin and go to sleep by yourself. So, no, I agree with you. It's exhausting and very lonely to be on tour uh, as a stand up. I love that what you guys do. That's great to have like a thing where you can do something together, you know, that it makes it be more of a fun trip. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be very We're going to try to tour this winter and we're going to do every stupid thing in every small town endlessly. Um, I, yeah, I'm I'm chomping at the bit also. Me too. Curdy B, what you got? Well, tease us back in. 
cocky and aggressive radioactive pig set up camp in Fukushima (laughs) nuclear exclusion zone. Okay. Uh, Okay. This this was sent in by Aaron Erdman, you know. Ooh. One of the best. The competition competition is still there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sending in tons of stories. Thank you, Aaron. This was, of course, in the mirror.co.uk, one of our favorites. And it was written by Best in the Biz, Alana Mm -hmm. Kindred. A kindred God, spirit. she's good. She is so good. Here so we go. Good. I yes. didn't even. I didn't even read this story. I just saw that Don't title and said, "We're doing it." Uh, <laughs> so hopefully, it's a good story. Radioactive hybrid pigs have reportedly taken over part of the nuclear exclusion zone in Fukushima. Scientists discovered the threat near the former Japanese power plant in the urban areas vacated by humans in the wake of the 2011 meltdown at the plant. They found the Japanese boar, the country's local wild boar, have overrun an area that was once inhabited by 160,000 people. I had no idea that that's how many had to be evacuated. Wow. According to a study on the wildlife and the reason, the boars are described as cocky and aggressive, which is very strange to label a wild animal cocky. Yeah. Uh, they're just they strutting also, their stuff. Yeah, they're just, they're just being animals. They also started interbreeding with the escaped domesticated pigs that were left behind by their previous okay. owners. Holy, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, Call Pixar. Is, Call Pixar. This, <laughs> this is a movie. This is a movie. Call Pixar. <laughs> this has resulted in a new kind of boar-pig hybrid from the initial exclusion zone, which is 20 kilometers of the nuclear plant site and where radiation levels were believed to be highest, the horrifying radioactive concoction now makes up 10% of the local population. It is feared wow. these hairy terrors have the wild smarts of the boar combined with the domestication habits of the pigs. Is that what makes them cocky? Uh, yeah. yeah. And then it just says, then it just goes on and on and on and That's on and on. Crazy. And on. That's crazy. Yeah. In what way were they uh, cocky and aggressive? Like, I don't see beyond being pigs. Like, did <laughs> yeah. yes. did they, you know, would they do something like, you know, run after people or bite anybody or? Okay, let's like, yeah. see. It says uh, some of the T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. It says that some have stood their ground and attacked humans. Oh, okay. um, so that's what the cocky does. That's a little explain. cocky. <laughs> yeah, that's just a boar being a boar. You know, if I see a boar, I run or jump yeah. on something high and hope it doesn't kill me. That's a normal boar behavior. I don't think I've ever seen a boar. In oh, person. I have. Oh, really? I have. Yeah, I. Okay. So I was shooting a TV show on the North Shore of Hawaii called Adam Devine's House Party. It was a stand-up show for first time on TV comedians. And we had little storylines that would tie together three comics doing four to six minutes of stand-up. Really fun show for Comedy Central. And one of our episodes was we joked around that we wanted Adam. Adam's character was basically a version of like a Homer Simpson. He just had bad ideas that kind of would ruin the show for everybody. But then the stand-up part was really fun. So we thought we're going to do a Wagyu pig. Everybody's heard of Wagyu beef? Adam was like, I'm going to feed this pig uh, Guinness and massage it and make the world's most delicious pig. And I love him. And the pig's name was Wagyu. So we have a production meeting. And all the departments are there, and we had to have animal wranglers. And Maria, I'm sure if you've ever worked with them on TV shows, they're some of the strangest people in Hollywood. Animal wranglers in Hollywood are very different types of folks. 
So we said to this nice woman, we want like a, a farm pig, like a sow, like a big thing that will just lay there and we can talk above it. And, you know, we've seen farm pigs. So the day of the shooting comes. <laughs> we're shooting this bit on the beach, a public beach, North Shore, Hawaii. Our crew's there, and this woman shows up, and she's like, where do you need this pick? And we were like, right here. We're just going to have Adam walk up with it. We have like a – do you have a lead or something? And she goes, what? I go, we're just going to have him walk up, and then we have like a little fake cage here, and we're going to have all the exchange dialogue here. And she's like, um, we caught a boar last night. And we said, what? She goes, we thought you wanted a boar. And I said, well – what do you mean? She goes, we went to the jungle and caught a boar last night. Black hair, a full boar, like big. What? And so I go, is what we asked for, I was like, how soon can we get a regular pig? And she goes, it's going to take like six hours. <laughs> so, so apparently it's a lot easier to catch boars than it is just to find a farmer who w- wants money. <laughs> so they're all looking at me. Adam's getting hair and makeup. The director's like not knowing what to do. And I was the showrunner. So they're like, Scotty, what do you want to do? And I said to the animal trainer, I said, well, what do you normally do? And she goes, well, we don't feed them for like six hours. And then we just shake food. And usually they run to where they hear the food. And I said, okay. And what happens if not? She goes, well, if not, it'll just dart into the woods as fast as it can or just run down the beach. So we didn't control this beach. So it, there were people swimming. There were people body, uh, suntanning. So the line producer and Comedy Central and everybody's like, what are we going to do here? And I was like, well, can we just set up all the cameras and let it go and shake the food and see if we get one shot of it running? So we did. So we let this boar go on this beach. And they shook it. And the boar just came out and trotted just like a gentleman, over to the food, ate happily. They put the little leash on it, and it ate, 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 and they put it back in the thing. And so then we started getting cocky because we got this a miracle shot. So this Wait a minute. Who's, yeah. cocky. Who's cocky now? Yeah, I was getting radioactive. I could feel it in my bones. And so this was around Christmas, and Hawaii goes off, or tons and tons and tons of family go. So we're shooting the final scene where we were supposed to have this pig in the hotel lobby. We didn't tell the management staff, so we released this boar in the lobby. <laughs> there's people checking in. There's Christmas trees. There's this, uh ukulele Christmas songs going over and over and over. And we were like, well, let's just shake that food and see what happens. So we release it. Nobody knows what's going on except production staff. And it just trots down some stairs across a ramp, like through the entire lobby. People scream naturally. And then it goes over to the food, eats the food. We gently put the leash on, and then they released it back into the wilderness one hour later. So nobody got hurt. We took a huge risk. But I like to think about that boar, where that boar for a day was just hanging out on the beach, getting fed, (laughs) then just running through a four-star hotel lobby and getting fed, and then was just released back to tell his story to friends. We got the shots. It was crazy. And the, but maybe that that boar. I mean, you discovered that boar like yeah. that. That boar was a star. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, it was a, it was a show for first time stand ups and first time boars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it was a stowaway. Maybe he went over to Japan and started a new life. Maybe that's yeah. the connection. Wagyu. Okay. That sounds so much like a Comedy Central Viacom production. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it came down to me deciding. They all turned to me, and I was like 32 or something, and I was like, 
yeah, let's try one. And then it worked. And then we we're like, here we go. Let's try this dangerous wild animal everywhere. We got away with it. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was trained. What was, what was your, uh, what was your first stand-up thing? Was it premium blend? Uh, I think I, I think premium blend. Yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah, it was very, very, uh, very nice. And um, yeah, it was very, very pleasant. Um, I can't. Yeah, I, I've never had any. I mean, I, I make a joke about comedy. The only <laughs> they're just it, it's funny just because it, it it is uh, sometimes from what I've heard. I, I worked for Viacom as a secretary. Um, oh, oh, really? I, really? Uh, cool. Nickelodeon. I was yeah, and so. Anyways, I just think it, all corporations are, are. Well, wait a minute. Are they a little bit aggressive? And cocky. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're They're like radioactive yeah. boars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but that, that also describes me. I mean, when you think about it, aren't we all? Um, yeah. But uh, well, that's a wonderful pig story. I I would love. I have met a pig. I went to the Gentle Barn. Have you been to the Gentle no, Barn? No. Where's What's that? the Gentle Barn? There's a lot of people in Los Angeles with uh, certain uh, piles of money who uh-huh. say to themselves, <laughs> is, there a, is there some an animal who needs to be housed besides, and, no, 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 the people, we got 60,000 people on the street, but is there a cow yeah. that's real good? Um, <laughs> um, Santa Clarita. And it is wonderful. It okay. is a wonderful. And I can't. And I, it was there. I got to lay my head on the bosom, on the teats. I didn't suckle. I didn't no, suckle. You rested. But um, of 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 a pig um, who was a farm bred pig who was so bred so big that he could no longer walk. Oh my god. Um. But I. Yeah. And I. I think there. Uh. Yeah. Plenty of. Yeah. I. That's start, just started to get really depressing. But they also have merch. <laughs> okay, good. And it says Gentle Farm, which is a great t-shirt Gentle to wear. Gentle, Gentle Barn. Barn. Gentle Barn. Gentle Barn. And they're lovely. They're extremely lovely people. It's just uh and and I I like to I have I don't have a leg to stand on. I'm, I'm in terms of uh I, we can't, we always get old dogs. That's our thing. I like that. Because we won't take in roommates, which really <laughs> would be the ideal. That would be the real human humanitarian uh, loving thing to do. Is to we we had roommates for a bit uh, in LA because I I did want to create affordable housing, and then I realized, oh no, I'm 50 years old. I can't. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I live with two comics in their 30s. <laughs> I love that you did oh, that though for God. a little while. That's so yes. that's so nice of you. Taking in a comic in their thirties is kind of like taking on a dog that's going to die as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Incontinent, waking up really late. <laughs> I, I told them when they moved in, I was like, "Okay, this is an experiment, you guys. I don't know, you know how." And I, I, and everybody got their rent money, but they, uh, I think one, the guy stayed a year. The other gal stayed almost two years. And wow. I gave everybody their rent money back so they could, because I did feel like it was an ex- experiment. You know, it's like, and yes. I, you know, it's weird to, LA's housing is bananas, so yeah. I didn't want to. Um, it is. And getting worse it constantly. It is really My insane. goodness. Who's up, Curtie B, me or you, friend? 
I think it's you because that was okay. the Christian. So I picked this one. Maria, do you have any opinion on the billionaires going into outer space and just hating Earth and leaving it? I think it's exciting that we Good. might lose them. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, their papers in order and that they're giving it all away. That would um, be nice. That would be something. Wow. Well, it's like they're... I just want to burn money in the street, uh, these guys. Uh, yes. Yeah, and- I think it's very villainous behavior. I'm, you know, we like we like space travel here. We've had some space, some space STEM scientists on. We, we're all for science. We're all for space exploration. We're not for billionaires flaunting their money because they've lost their minds, like supervillains. But I picked this one, Kurt. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw this one. Sent in by Cheese Notes. Cheese Notes, great Instagram handle. Good That's for good you. One. Can't believe it was available. So I just wanted to give us and all our bananimals something to cheer for this year in space. And uh, sent in, yeah, cheese notes. The world's first wooden satellite will launch this year. What? So, yes. What? I'm interested. So uh, this was sent in by, oh, excuse me, uh, wooden satellite. Yeah, so written by Teresa Pultarova, Pultarova, who is a senior writer for a website that I am now going to have to look up. A Scandinavian cube satellite will test how plywood withstands the space environment. The world's first wooden satellite is preparing to launch this year. It's called WISA, W-I-S-A, WISA Woodsat. So that's our new hero. Like, screw Blue Miracle or whatever. Yeah. The WISA Wood Satellite is a nano satellite that measures four inches by four inches by four inches. Is this which big? Is, yes, which is 10 That's centimeters so by 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters for all our rest of the world friends. Uh, and it weighs 2.2 pounds. It's adorable. Pixar. Oh, sounds so Maria cute. can do the voice. We, can, we have a voice actor right here ready to be WISA. Um, <laughs> no. That, I, I like it. Yeah, second takes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, third take, third take. Third Adorable, take. but third take. Here you go. Clean the palate. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, just how like that. Okay, that yeah, one I can really get behind. So the wooden like satellite... <laughs> The wooden satellite will launch as part of a mission designed by Arctic uh, Astronautics, a Finnish company that uh, manufactures CubeSats, little Cube satellites for students, which is very cool, and we should get some, Kurt. Oh, uh, I actually think Olive would love a CubeSat. She would love um, She loves space. Yes, she does. She wants Drew and Chalk. The first time I really got to talk to her after the Great Quarrel, all the planets in order and listed them, and I said, this child is smarter than I am. Yeah. And I meant it. When she was like three, the, she was doing that. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, the aim of the mission is to test the behavior and durability of plywood panels in extreme conditions in space and assess the uh, suitability for future missions. The satellite will be outfitted with two cameras. So I'm guessing we can maybe live stream this, which will be attached to metal selfie sticks. Adorable. This satellite mm-hmm. is adorable. Um, and it will see what happens to the satellite's plywood surface uh, and changes in the environment. Uh, the base material is birch, and we're using it the same that you could find in a hardware store or to make furniture with, said the Woodsaf chief engineer, uh, Samuli uh, Nimanum. We're going with Nimanum here. 
Um, so basically, it's just they want to see how can a satellite made out of wood survive and for how long in outer space because um, there's atomic oxygen up there that's corrosive, something that I was not aware of, but now will keep me up at night. Um, and they wanted... <laughs> um, but they want to see how it'll darken the plywood panels, and the satellite should survive. They're planning on this thing to survive in the extreme environment. Um, and in addition to a coating with uh, this type of oxygen, engineers will also test various varnishes and lacquers, great word, on different sections of the wood. So I think there's going to be a way for us to watch this thing, and I'll keep us all updated if we can. Great. Wisa. I feel like this ans- this has already been answered in Fast and Furious Nine. Oh, yeah. uh, if you, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Lucas is the science guy on the, of on the squad. <laughs> and of course, uh, it's in the name, Lucas. And um, they, they, I don't, I don't think this is a spoiler. They have a. Mustang, I believe it's Ford Mustang, uh, that they shoot into space that, and they have um, unbelievable uh, tape, uh, just act, just uh, duct tape, oh fun, um, and rubber like swim caps and stuff, <laughs> oh. um, and somehow, and uh, there's some scripting that says where Ludacris says uh, this shouldn't work, you know, <laughs> we should be dead by now. And um, and then it's then the idea is that they believed so hard that uh, their dreams came true. And, uh, <laughs> That's all takes. That's but, all um, That's the I, theme of most of the Fast and Furious movies, right? Believe in yourself, and things will come family, true. Family and family. Uh, family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, that is because I would think I would know the answer to that. I think plywood's not going to do that. Well, plywood does not do well in the Earth's atmosphere. That's right. Every skateboard ramp built in the '80s is just a rotten pile of nothing. Um, <laughs> the satellite is powered by nine solar panels, so amateur radio payloads for hobbyists, so they can communicate. You know, if you have a ham radio, go talk to Wisa. And uh, there will be radio signals to show images around the world. So maybe this will be a huge... That's science, though, right? you got to just wing it out there and see what happens. It's like a Benihana in the sky. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to track it. I'm into yeah. it. I think this is great news. I think yeah, this is so it. fun. Uh, yeah, should we, should we have one more to send us home? Send us home. To wrap Kurt. it up? To wrap it up? All right, here we go. Speaking of mm-hmm. Australia, this one was sent in by Andy Hoff. Thank you, Andy. This is Thank uh, you, Andy. Gizmodo by Matt Love Novak. That. Here's the title, guys. Boom. Australian Prime Minister says he didn't shit his pants at McDonald's in <laughs> 1997. <laughs> Which is what you say if you didn't. You just loudly exclaim, <laughs> I did not shit my pants. That's always what you do. He brought it up out of the blue on a radio show, and he's like, Whoa. Oh, and can I mention one more thing? I didn't shit my pants in a McDonald's in 1997, which hmm. seems so suspicious. Yeah, I think maybe he's trying to divert attention. Hmm. That's it. That is? Yeah, because like, I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> nope. Me neither. Uh, Me neither. And now it's, it's all I can think about is... Is how you wouldn't have done that. Like, what yes. did you? Do? 
in yeah. What did what you do instead that people what? thought you shit your pants? Yeah. It's, it seems worse. If you did something and people thought you shit your pants, then that's, and you didn't shit your pants? Like, that's got to be bad. Yeah, exactly. If that's your, like, decoy, so everybody's looking in the other direction. <laughs> but also, but McDonald's, that's one of the great places to do this. If it was, like, when I met the Queen of England or something, you're like, oh, that would have been really bad. McDonald's, you're just like, it's fine, dude. Honestly, talk to any McDonald's employee, and we'll get bombarded with these stories. He, that's Streisand effect, though, isn't it? Isn't that the Streisand effect? That's uh, oh. Maria. Do you know what the Streisand effect is? So no. Barbara Streisand had a house in Malibu on the cliffs, huge palatial place, and somebody flew up and down the coast with uh, you know and taking photos of houses and tried to sell them to rich people to say, "Here's your property," and she sued, and she's and um, because she didn't want people to see her private property, but what oh. happened was. Up until that point, the number of total people who had looked at her pro- that photograph on that photographer's website was like four people or five people. But then when she had the lawsuit, suddenly it went to like 100,000 people and it went around the world. And so the Streisand effect is when something that just doesn't exist in people's minds, by mentioning it, suddenly it becomes wildly more popular and a much bigger problem. And it's something I think about all the time because... People do that all the time. It, I think this prime minister saying he didn't crap his pants in a Mickey D's is just calling attention to it, and he never he would have gotten away with it. Well, then it's just to make you think, like, what should I tell people not not tell people about so that they'll become obsessed right. with it? Yes. Yeah. You have someone ask yeah. you a question and go, I can't talk about that. I can't talk. Yeah, no. I just want to say before we end this podcast that I'm I'm not going to say anything about being at the Brooklyn Bell House in September. (laughs) You're not. What what dates in September? Because don't are you not going to be there? I have nothing to say on it, (laughs) and 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 it's I'm not going to. I don't want to talk about it anymore. You don't want to talk about the Brooklyn. Bell House, a great performance space, beautiful in indoors. Is there anything else? Are there any other other things you don't want to talk about before? Yeah, we don't let draw you attention go? to it, please. Man. Yeah, you well, didn't. I certainly don't want to talk about Denver, no, Works or Albany Funny Bone or or the Irvine Improv. <laughs> oh my goodness! Don't talk uh, about these things. And we wouldn't be able to find any of this information out at your website, would we? MariaBamford.com, is that it? Well, you know what? I think her. you're going to get a, a letter, a registered letter. Ooh, her lawyer. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. For telling anybody that it's a backslash tour dates after MariaBamford.com because that is my private <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Maria, for being on. You're a true delight. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, uh, and uh, uh, much love to all the an- animals out there. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, hope, hope we're all going to make it as animals, bananas too. Thank you, bananas, bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. 
Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 